When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We say hi to the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. He and I are both going to stop by a 7-Eleven later and scare people. Uh, <laughs> Sharpie, what's up, man? How we doing? Wood chipper Gary. <laughs> good, good. I mean, uh, oh, for uh, Pete's sake, uh, Kranick, are you supporting the Pirates again? Nah, no, see? It's not the Pirates. We've had this discussion, I think, before. This is, this is my boys' baseball team. This is Navy okay. Blue. It's hard okay. to tell. The fidelity okay. of the camera is probably not letting that come through. It's probably um, although the Pelicans. I, I did love Jose Leend and Andy Van Slyke as a youth. I, I appreciated nice. what they brought. How about, how about the, Spanky the Lavalier? Spanky Lavalier behind yeah. home plate. All-time nickname. I'd kind of like to bring the term spank back. You know how people <laughs> used to call somebody a spank? <laughs> um, you know? Remember that? No, I don't, I don't. I think spank has been canceled, and now it's instead of being said, it's worn. Is that it's okay? All right. What, what what what? Uh, I just noticed your uh, your tree behind you. Is that thing real? Oh, or just I'm in. Decorative? A, I'm in. No, I'm not in not, you, not you, oh. Sharpie at Cranach. What's that? Yeah, that's, that's been there for a minute. It's one is of those a, like yucca plant kind of things. Say, you know, is it a like, ficus? No, no, no. It's a real one. It's sitting on a tabletop. You know those things that have like two branches coming out and then it kind of spiders out. Looks sort of yeah. tropical, right? Mm-hmm. I got it. I got it tropical up here in February and almost. Also, just, has, has your name been Mark's AI generated double all show long? Hmm. That's the question, isn't it, Elijah? That's the question. <laughs> I, I'm just uh, noticing now. I want to. Is I'll this even happening? Are cap. we even doing this, or are we living in a parallel universe? Like we don't know. We're not going that deep on we a Saturday morning. I'm just saying it's possible. Mm-hmm. No, I was able to edit my name. I didn't know I was able to do that. Oh, yeah. And when Jer- when Gary came on as Woodchipper Gary, it reminded me like, oh crap, I forgot to do a fake name. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. AI generated double. Yes, I'm I'm in Fargo, so that's why we're going with the uh, the chip. Oh, I love it. Love that movie. One of the one of the classic scenes. Hey, the movie. So you know, the movie wasn't filmed here in Fargo. It was like filmed in Bemidji. But um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of short, uh, funny looking people that are walking around Fargo. <laughs> but the the TV series is actually awesome. Wait, yeah, the first the, you, your your one was great wait, with Billy Bob Thornton. Wait, that tell, was awesome. tell me what the short, funny looking people had to do with the show being awesome. Am I is something going over my head here? No. So you, you one just of get the a <laughs> no. So one one of the uh, great lines from uh, Fargo is. Uh, yeah, there's just uh, he was a uh, short-looking uh, person. He was kind of funny-looking. Ah, uh, ah, uh, okay. I just I just googled short, funny-looking people Fargo, and indeed that popped up. And and Q Cranax Joe Pesci funny how right? Well, I amuse uh, you. Yeah, yeah. I make you laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Come on. Hey, Fargo to Goodfellas. It's uh, I was in Grand Forks on Thursday, and it was 47 degrees. And by the afternoon, it was snowing. So it snowed here. They hadn't had snow. Like they'd had a great winter. So no hmm. no, no need for the wood chipper. By the way, <laughs> that hey, one I quick, got. I, I got that one. 
so the so the House Judiciary GOP had oh this boy. tweet where they just destroyed Iowa, right? And yeah. we were talking. Here it is. Joe Biden to a staff, we need to go on offense tonight at the office. <laughs> it's great. It's like, it's seriously great. Perfect. Uh, so I looked it up. Catching strays. So we're, so we're just sitting there saying, okay, there has to be somebody on Jim, because Jim Jordan runs that thing. There has to be somebody on his staff that is like from Iowa State or Nebraska, or Minnesota, Wisconsin, like has to be, right? Looked it up. Russell Dye. He is the communications director and he is in charge of communications for the House Judiciary. He's a Georgia guy. And then he went to law school in Arkansas. And then his deputy is also a Georgia guy. So it has nothing to do with like rivalry with Iowa State, just college football in general. It's a couple Georgia Bulldog guys that are just like clowning Iowa. That's perfect. Private That's eye, Mark Cranach, hire him for your, your next cheating spell. Do it, do it now. Mike Hammer, he is. Sharpie, there's a lot this week with Rule, with signing day 2.0. Yep. With Husker. Dumb Hoops. signing day, by the way, Gary. Dumb signing day. Uh, Why do they with, have a, with two the signing UC, days a month and a half very, apart? UCLA opening. But I want to go and get your take on something that annoyed many and some overreacted to. And this is the Kirk Herbstreet, Dom, Dylan, oh, Raiola drama. And there's no drama with the Raiolas. There's no drama with Herbstreet. But Feinbaum and company and, and a lot of national football guys lost their mind about how ethical or unethical what's going on here in the world of college football Kirk Herbstreet can't be steering kids and it's the, the, the most idiotic thing there is because uh, Dom and company were going to do its best for them no matter what happened phone call wise or not uh, and there's been a relationship with with Herb Street and Raiola for a long time, going back to the Nebraska days. So what what did you make of it? I found it fascinating, not only Dom's national interview with rivals, but then the fact Herb Street had to go on and like defend himself and say, look, dude, I'm not going to like lie about Matt Rule if I'm asked about him. Here's what I think of yeah. the guy. Yeah, I think it shows you how much power Kirk Herb Street has. I mean, ESPN yeah. kind of runs college football, and Herb Street is a voice. So anything that he's attached to, People are going to be like, whoa, 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 especially on the heels of the Florida State people are not happy. Um, I, thought it was, I thought it was one of the weirder stories of the week, how it needed some clarification. Because does anybody believe that the Riolas would go through this process and they wouldn't let Dylan make his own decision? I mean, that's the kid that's got to live in a certain place for three to four years. And he's the one that is in the spotlight. Everybody knows dad, but the kid is in the spotlight. He made his decision on his own. But again, Herb Street has a lot of power. And whenever his name is attached to something, right now he's very polarizing. I mean, that, that's, the, that's either the beauty or the, the badness of college football. But you're right. It, it, was a, it, was such a, it was a weird story that dropped while everything was going on in, in signing day. And I'm with you, Mark. I, I think it's sad that signing day, the first Wednesday in uh, February, has gone by the wayside. But they've got to change the calendar. They've got yeah. to do something because yeah. it is. But because the, because the calendar never ends, you know, Nebraska, the smart thing for Nebraska, and they have the ability to do this, is you're never closed for business. I mean, you're always looking to upgrade your roster, man. If somebody drops into your lap because Chip Kelly is an embarrassment to UCLA, um, an embarrassment to himself, and is doing what he did to those kids that are still at UCLA, and you happen to get a four-star rush in, hey, good for you. But you know what? Look it. Overnight, Alabama loses their offensive coordinator. Um, yeah. 
you know, UCLA is looking for a football coach. It's February 10th. We've gone past the portal. We've gone past a couple of signing days. Um, now you got a 30-day window that opens up with some pretty good players there, but they really can't go anywhere because no schools are open for them to transfer. I mean, it's just it, college football right now is kind of – it's a great sport. On the field, it's fabulous. Off the field, it's rudderless, and it is careening into a wall before somebody takes hold, whether it be the Big Ten, SEC. But it was a, it just it was another week that showed we love college football – but, man, we need some direction in a big way from NIL to portal to calendar to just saying stuff that makes sense. Yeah. Timetable-wise, Gary, we talked about it with Brandon a little bit. It seems inevitable, right, that the ACC and Big 12 will get picked apart, will get absorbed, you know, sort of like the best ofs will get absorbed by the Big 10 and the SEC. But how long are we talking here? Like, does that happen, like, this year and I'm, and I'm thinking about how Washington and Oregon kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like it seemed to transpire pretty quickly, yeah. and then it's just boom overnight. It happens. Does that happen this year? Does it happen next year? Is there something? Is there some sort of television contract that would well, prevent something from happening I, real soon? I think the big window is 26 because that's when the playoff has the new TV contract. And mm. so all of a sudden there is a huge influx of money. So what does that mean with the moving parts? I mean, I think we're probably going towards an AFC versus NFC, yep. you know, where, where the AFC is the dominant, Hey, we want to play big boy football. The other side is, yeah, we want to play football, but we can't compete on the level of the $200 million club like Michigan, Ohio state, Nebraska, and some of the others. It's, I don't know. We, we love this sport. But, God, there are a lot of times we can't get out of our own way. And it looks nothing like, you know, 10, 15 years ago. We all got to adapt to change. But sometimes change isn't the best thing with this great sport. And I think we're going to find that out sooner than later if we haven't already. But, man, money talks. And when money talks, people walk towards that money. Just ask Florida State how they're feeling right now, North Carolina, other teams in the ACC that are looking and going, you know what, look what we provide in this conference that – North Carolina State or Virginia Tech, they don't provide. Why aren't we getting more money? It's just we put ourselves in this position, and uh, I, I, don't know what, I don't know what the end game is because I don't know who takes the reins and who is in charge. It may be the most powerful man in sports, and that's Greg Sankey. Who knows right now? Gary Sharp with this weekend edition. It's Hale Varsity powered by Cornhead Lager. Going to go to the Nebraska front okay. here, Sharpie. Go ahead. Can I mention one thing? So you guys were talking with uh, Brandon about some of the win totals. So a buddy yeah. of mine is in Vegas. And, he, you know, Vegas, the window in Vegas to enjoy yourself is about 48 to 72 hours if you don't live there. <laughs> and if you live there, you really don't go to the Strip unless somebody visits or you're going to a show. You stay way away from that. But 48 to 72, hour, 72 hours is enough for me in Vegas. And then I'm just done. So my friend is there, and he is working for a media company. He's there for 192 hours. So I talked to him last night, and he is Ooh. spent. And he's going to the Super Bowl because that's part of his duties, but he is absolutely spent. He, uh, he was in, I want to say it's Circa, uh, and, he, and the win totals for college football are up. He saw Nebraska at seven and a half. Whoa. Does that seem yeah. kind of high? No, I think that's right yeah, to me. No, I, I know the schedule factors in. There, I think that's there. Seven and a half. Okay, here's here's why we maybe don't. Another thing we talked about with Brandon is just the state of the Big Ten right now. So in flux, you know. We just went through it, and it's like 
I think seven of the 18 teams have coaches for three or more years, yep. right? Head coaches. Everybody else basically breaking in a new coach either first or second year. Staff upheaval has been rampant across uh, across the Big Ten. You got four new four new uh, teams entering the mix. It just feels like it's there's so much out there for the taking right now. I mean, yeah, your, your national champion coaching staff is falling apart. Right? Yep. It's you know there it's it is there for the taking. There, Ohio State's kind of separated themselves. I would say Penn State even has in, in terms of occupying the top quarter of the conference at least. They're almost a shoe in for that. Um, Oregon probably, but can they survive the attrition in the Big Ten? We know their talent, top line talent's good enough. We know they're physical enough, but can can they deal with you know body blows all year and then winning in Camp Randall in November? We don't know that yeah. yet. So it's it's just wide open, Gary. It's just like why not Nebraska? They're they're actually one of the more stable programs. <laughs> they've they've probably had the least amount of disruption yeah. to their roster and coaching staff compared to any other team in the conference. Yeah, I, I would agree from that that standpoint. And you brought up one quick uh, one quick thing I want to touch on because you're looking at UCLA, which now in some upheaval. Ohio State has had some changes. Iowa's had some changes. I think one of the biggest wins of the offseason for Nebraska, and quietly they've had a they've had a good Nebraska offseason in terms of fixing holes on their roster. Is it's either got to be your one or two accomplishment is that Nebraska kept their entire staff together. You know, it, you, they, they added someone, but they had a spot open essentially with their tight end position. So they were able to maneuver stuff, but able to keep stability on their coaching staff, but probably even more so. And I still think this will be the case with UCLA now open is you were able to retain Tony White for another year. And so with Tony White has the guys that he brought from Syracuse and the guys that he has worked with this year, they all stay together. And Nebraska is one of the older teams of the Big Ten. I, I, I could vibe with you, Mark. Yeah, yeah. How, you know, hey, fellas, how, how, oh, really, really fast. Go I want to ask, how much of a shock to the system would it be to you, Gary, if, if Tony were to leave to UCLA? What's your your worry level on that? It sounds like it's low. Yeah, I I, I think he would not be, even though his connection to UCLA. I, I think it's a would UCLA hire a guy that hasn't been a head coach at a Power Five that's going to need a ton of energy. The thing with Chip Kelly is their NIL is not in a good spot. They play way off campus. Um, there isn't a super amount of tension to their program. And really, the only, way, the only reason they're making the move to the Big Ten is because the team across town made the move. So UCLA football is not what it used to be. And, and maybe we've always built it up as this great program, and now we look in the numbers and we go, ah, they're not, they're not as good as we thought over a long period of time. I don't think it would be an ideal situation for Tony White to get, have success early. I also don't think it would be good for UCLA to hire a first-year guy. There are other guys that are in the pecking order that are ahead of him. But again, in Vegas, Tony White is plus 650 to be the next head coach. Now, it would be smart of an athletic director to reach out, and it would be Matt Rule, even the timing would be off to say, hey, go do it. I just don't think UCLA, that wouldn't be a smart play for them. You know, like, are you looking to hire a guy that gets you through the next couple of years, or are you going to try and swing and hire a guy that gets you for the next 10 years. You know, I don't know what they're going to do there, but I don't think UCLA is an ideal situation for Tony White to have his first head coaching job, power five or not. And let it be known, maybe it's a generational gap. For me, somebody born in 99, I never have thought of UCLA as being yeah. a, a football power, being a football school. Never once in my life. 
Yeah, like, but in, in your in Elijah, that's a great point because Schmitty, Mark, and myself, we remember Nebraska and UCLA playing Always some great play. games in the '80s and the '90s, and you know the UCLA with Terry Donahue on the sidelines. I mean, they had some great talent, whether it be Troy Aikman all the way, you know, through Gaston Green. I'm just, you know, but oh, you're yeah. right; they oh, haven't yeah. they haven't J- had JJ Stokes. Yeah, yeah, UCLA has never been at the forefront of the discussion around college football, and even when Chip Kelly went there, nobody was like, "Oh, watch out for UCLA." So it's it's another to add to Mark's point in the previous conversation. It's a weird UCLA coming into the Big Ten where, man, they're going to are they the are they the fourth best team coming from the West and might not get into that middle tier of the Big Ten for a while if they don't make the right hire. They they are they are in danger zone. They are absolutely in danger zone. They were in. They were forgotten despite a nice finish last year. They're, they're just – they just don't ever deliver yeah, based you, on what, what they should talent-wise. So Chip Kelly has the great line about UCLA is that NIL beats warm weather, but I don't think Chip was super aggressive in exactly. reaching out to boosters, reaching yep. out to NIL, selling yep. UCLA. I think – You got to do. You know, Chip is ideal as an offensive coordinator, and I think it's a home run hire for Ohio State – I think it's an embarrassment for where UCLA football is that this happened to them on the 9th of February. And I think it's a bad look for Chip Kelly, what he did to those players. But it's probably as a UCLA fan, you're like, hey, this is best for both parties. We wanted him out. He wanted to leave. Finally, we get our wish. But what are you going to get in return? Because you're going into a big boy league where you're not going to have many off weeks anymore compared to the Pac-12, where you didn't have a lot of off weeks, but you get what I'm saying. You factor in travel, new new opponents that you're facing for the first time, new recruiting landscape. I mean, it's it's a tough look for UCLA. I, I don't know if there's a home run guy out there, maybe David Shaw, but other than that, hmm? that, would, well, that would join you in, in the middle of February? Well, what about, what about Fleck? I know Fleck's uh, well-respected by some and, and kind of – annoying to others but i mean he was one of the, the names along with shaw that, that feldman put out there so, uh, so I, I think i think coach prime would be <laughs> money out, out at out at ucla i mean just just ask him uh he got loose on twitter for, for, for what it's worth for what it's worth <laughs> fleck is making six million dollars a year i think ucla could probably get up to eight million fleck coins a year probably in an offer so here's the, here's my thing with fleck <laughs> is is this is this Flex name being attached because he has national respect or is it Flex agent makes sure agent. that his client stays at the top of the list of these jobs that open up with national writers? I, I will tell you this. The Minnesota job is better than the UCLA job. They care more about football at Minnesota than they do at UCLA. He's got an athletic director that hired him that had just got an extension him and his wife just built this huge house. He does, as you mentioned, make $6 million. He may have hit his ceiling at Minnesota, but I think Minnesota is better for him than going to UCLA. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I think from an ego standpoint, though, he would love trying to build up UCLA and being in la-la land. And I think he wants to be that showman. Yeah, the, the the thing I've always said about PJ, and and I think PJ is a good football coach. He's in so a I. he his problem right now is trying to keep his staff together because it seems like they have a lot of movement on their staff. Is I think PJ is a good football coach. I think he's a good builder. 
I think they are in an interesting spot for the second straight year on the expectations are now being moved down a, a peg and the conference gets tougher and they've got to deal with the NIL world in a, in a city where they're not at the forefront of the discussion. The pro the pro sports teams are is with you hire PJ Fleck. Remember you turn your program over to him. Like you let him brand rebrand your entire program. That's yeah. why when people say, Oh, you know what, man, he'd be perfect at Notre Dame. No. Would he Would Notre Dame, the, the, the ghosts of Notre Dame football allow P.J. Fleck to row the boat and do everything that he does at a place like Minnesota because he came in on the ground floor? I don't think so. I, I think Minnesota's a perfect spot for P.J. to get to where he wants to go. And, again, he's also he's, he's tied himself deep into that community now. And uh, I, I think it's probably an agent going, you know what, let's, let's, let's just make sure that people in Minnesota respect my client. Good call. Sharpie, uh, when we talk Nebraska football, we'll have a chance to hear from Glenn Thomas uh, coming up on Monday and three different quarterbacks that, that Glenn's coach that, that Rule uh, laid out there, three different styles. And uh, let's get your overall kind of reaction to, to Wednesday and uh, Rule's thoughts on, on the direction. He, he wasn't bashful with some of his call-outs, but he also – kind of put a gauntlet down of, all right, you worked hard, good work, but last year was five and seven. Uh, you got to work harder this year. I agree. Do you guys get the, get the sense that, you know, Rule has uh, a strong relationship with Satterfield. I hope yes. that Satterfield is not Matt Rule's Kevin Cosgrove, where you've worked with a guy, you're loyal, but that guy – yeah. isn't up to the standards that the conference needs or your team needs. But I also think, and, I, and I've heard Rule kind of intimate this, is Satterfield will get a pass for the offense last year because of the quarterbacks. And not all the quarterbacks were created equal. And Nebraska this year, and they'll do the same thing with the strengths of Dylan Riola, is they design their offense around what the quarterback can do best. I don't think Satterfield had a clue on what the quarterbacks could do best. And he wanted to win football games. And I wondered who he was calling plays for the quarterback or the fans or, or for himself. And it was all over the place that I got the sense the other day when Matt rule was talking about and vehemently said Satterfield still calling the plays that he's given Satterfield a pass, but not very long of a pass. Uh, here's what I believe. I believe with, with Glenn Thomas coming in, and you look at the history there, and there there was instances in in the past where Satterfield moved on, right? He moved on to to Tennessee Tech, and that is when Glenn Thomas stepped in and became OC and quarterbacks coach. Okay, so there has been an instance in the past where uh, you haven't had Satterfield on one of your staffs, and you were you were okay. You, you won ball games. Your your build kept going in the up arrow direction. So I I don't think Matt Rule, if push comes to shove and the offense is a mess and you're not maximizing your talent, yeah, I don't. I think he would make that hard decision. And if if Sat ends up being just a tight ends coach or there's another opportunity, if it doesn't go well next year. 
I think he has uh, the program's best interest in mind, no matter how many years you go back to Western Carolina. Yep. But I get that's a fair question because you know how loyal the coaching fraternity is. And I, I, I don't think if it ain't going well and it's too big a job, you're not getting it done. I think you, you do what's in the best interest of the program, no matter how much it hurts. I'm, I'm not worried about rule doing that. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think Glenn Thomas comes in in a great situation. So Glenn Thomas's forte is he does really well with young quarterbacks, and then he takes them through the process of developing to be a good technical quarterback that grows under him. That's why the Steelers were really attracted to him because of their young quarterbacks, especially Kenny Pickett. Um, so I think Thomas walks in in a great situation. He basically takes over three guys that are starting from scratch, essentially, in the college game. They've all got their their special skill set that they enter Nebraska with. Harburg has more you know game experience at the Division One level, but he gets to kind of mold them and see what they can do, and then mold that offense. Um, so I'm, I'm I think we all want to see like the development of you know Dylan Riola. How do you shore up some of the little things that maybe you get away with in high school because you can because you got a big boy arm and mm-hmm. you know, the talent isn't on the same level, but but also. But maybe the biggest thing to watch for Glenn Thomas and, and how we judge Glenn Thomas, don't you guys think that it might be the development of Danny Kalen more than anything? It's a because, big picture, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not like Danny Kalen's a bum coming in. He's no. got a special skill set. No. He just had a senior year where he was running for his life, it seemed like, on every snap. And there's going to be a point that you're going to need a guy like Danny Kalen, and you can't have him just thrown in there and go, what do we do? So I, he, he's a guy that I'm going to watch to go, okay, I see what Glenn Thomas is, is doing, along with Riola, and then to shore up Harburg to whatever they need out of his skill set that can benefit him in 24. Based on, on Rule's comments on, on signing day about the quarterback position, being happy with three scholarship guys, do you think developing a guy like Luke Longvall is going to be big this spring as well? Because you don't have that emergency quarterback option. Matt Rule kind of insinuated it's going to be tough to go into the portal and find somebody who's going to be, I guess, happy to be that that fourth string guy, a guy that's that's prepared to to ride the bench. Luke Longvall, big spring for him, and is it going to be a big spring to try to get yeah. him ready to potentially be an emergency guy? Uh, kudos to Elijah, who'll be the the only guy that mentions uh, Luke Longvall today, except for his family. <laughs> I know, but that's a good point yep. because you know, I mean, he's you got four quarterbacks, and he's the guy that you know, probably is more well-known. I, I don't know. I, I think Nebraska having three scholarship quarterbacks and, you know, is Harburg your emergency guy? But, man, I don't feel comfortable with your first two guys off the bench or true freshmen. It almost seems like the ideal situation for Nebraska in May is for a local guy that has multiple years of eligibility that has played quarterback on a Division One roster, wants to come back home. Let's still water. Well, I don't think that's the case because they love him there. No, they I know. Love, I, they love it's wishful, it's wishful, it's wishful thinking from but it, a lot but of it's, But it's like, a, it's like a guy like a, you know, an Easton Stick went on and had great success right. in this town here in Fargo. But it almost seems like a guy that, you know, wants to get back closer to home. Got a couple years of eligibility left, um, but probably, you know, isn't, wants to compete, but knows the, knows what you're walking into. That would be an idea. Are you talking about the kid at Westside, the kid from Westside up at North Dakota State? Or are you thinking of somebody in particular or just like no, a no, general? No, I just, I, not, nobody, in, nobody in particular, but somebody okay. that, 
they would be attracted to Nebraska because it's close to home, whether it be you're in state or you're from Kansas City or Iowa or something like that. Yeah. Hey, you guys want to play a little fun game real quick? Of course you do. No, I don't want to guess if you're wearing pants. It's not that game. It's not that game. The answer is always uh, no. Because you were getting up. <laughs> no, well, but let me interesting uh, you here. <laughs> interesting. Gary, about that wood chipper. Uh, <laughs> hey, quiet down back little, there. <laughs> interesting little exercise. Uh, sure it is. Has nothing to do with that. That's what you said. Oh, Give me a third that showed up. This thing is falling apart. This thing is falling apart. All right. Share my screen here because uh, a lot of upheaval in the Big 12, a lot of upheaval in the <laughs> ACC. And I have conveniently, if you're look watching this, in the stream, pulled up a couple tabs that has both, has all the different logos and all the different teams that are ripe for the picking at some point here. I know Here's Schmitty can't thing, see guys. any of this on his tiny little screen. No, Chris can't. <laughs> I need glasses. Here. It is what it is. Here, buddy. Here, bud, I'm going to zoom in a little bit for you. Just a second here. And it's tough. I was trying to find an actual list, and that, you know, that's impossible. Are you talking um, poachable entities? Is that where we're going? Well, I'm just saying, so it, it, the conventional wisdom is that we're going to go to 24 teams, right, in the in the SEC and the Big Ten. Is that – can we just go ahead with that assumption right now? Uh, right? Eventually, yeah. So, so that's tw- 12 teams essentially left from the Big 12 – and the ACC, and it's going to be like a draft. That's kind of how I imagine it's going to happen with this little new joint venture between the SEC and the and the Big Ten. They'll just get in a draft room and be like, "What the first pick, Big Ten selects, right? So if that happens... I love that idea, Big Ten <laughs> draft. Like, honestly, that should happen. But when you look at who's left in the Big 12 and in the ACC, I count three... Ratings generating, ratings generating football teams, right? I think there's three what? brands that go with the, yep. the TV market. Give me Miami. I think yep. give me, uh, I think Duke and North Carolina. Mm, no, I'm talking football okay. needle movers well, no, ratings I'm, wise. Uh, it's uh, Miami, Clemson, Florida State. That's it. Ooh, there's Notre Dame. Ooh, Notre Dame. Ooh, ooh. Hey. Notre Dame, we're not counting. Right hey, don't, not- don't, don't overlook the power of North Carolina. I'm talking ratings for football, okay? Right? Brand, though, which drives brand. which drives all this stuff? Well, yes, yes. Ratings and, for football, brand yeah. names nationally that draw eyeballs to the TV. Who, who? I mean, everyone put North Carolina up there, right? Not, not football, but but for basketball is is that's, and that's where I'm going. Seat. That's where I'm going. That's but I think going. I think I think my I think Miami, Carolina, Duke. Notre Dame, I, and just from a nostalgia standpoint, go get me Colorado. I, I need to establish some ground rules here. Okay, <laughs> on this game that we're playing here, the official rules. If you open the box and you fold fold open the sheet, we're talking. We're first starting with football ratings drivers, which is which is essentially what's driven most of the expansion outside of geography, right? With Rutgers and Maryland, that was a geographical play. Everything else, all across the board, has always been about football ratings right and that's clemson florida state miami right it's just those three yeah right so those are kind of like the most valuable properties there so then you have to move on to basketball right like you have to move on to hoops at this point if you're going to round it out with six so when you look at the list of acc 
of Big 12 of poachable programs. I think it would be fun. I think we should do this. This is the game, guys. We each get to pick a team, and then we'll have to. Well, there'll be a consensus on the other two. Which six get added to the Big Ten? Which ones make the most sense in this little derby here that we have? Of God, what is it? Twenty-four teams left between the two conferences, or is it like thirty-two? I think it's sixteen teams in both the SEC or uh, ACC and Big Twelve. So yeah, thirty-two teams, and only twelve make the cut. The rest. Off into football Siberia. Uh-huh. Uh, so who are we taking, guys? Who 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 goes into the Big Ten? Chris, I'm just looking at the screen here. You were at the top. You get one pick for the Big Ten. Give me Carolina. Is, uh, joining. Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Elijah, who who are you taking? Well, if there's if he's taking Carolina, I don't want to leave Duke at home, but Duke is not a football ratings driver. I think Duke and North Carolina be fun on the basketball court, but I don't think Duke is very fun on the football field. So I struggle there. My next pick is probably the U. Yeah, Miami's fair. Let's okay, see. so we got Miami and Carolina. Uh, I'm, I got to take a ratings driver here, right? I'm going to take, well, I guess we did get the U. So that just leaves Clemson and Florida State. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to flip over to the Big 12. And when you look at that list... You know what? Since we just got North Carolina, let's let's take Kansas. Let's take Kansas geography wise and basketball wise. What cool. about the 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 other Notre Dame? And I don't want hate mail from our Mormon friends, but you've got a national brand in BYU that it's Gary's is pick. There. It's Gary's pick, oh, Chris. You know, come on, that's you're influencing his um, decision. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the uh, the Mormons of BYU, and the Marriott Center is a great place to watch a basketball game. But mm-hmm. I got to go Clemson. Clemson oh, wants to, Clemson wants to be good in football. They spend money in football. They have a passionate fan base. They're across the board in their other sports. They're not bad. They're a known brand. They've won a national championship uh, more recently than Ohio State. So I'll go Clemson. Is, does Clemson not just scream future SEC school to you though? Yeah, I mean, just because of location. But they, the thing there would be, man, would South Carolina want Clemson in the same conference? No. Mm. That's Florida State's problem with Florida and Miami, like yeah. with the SEC. And yeah. from an academic prestige standpoint, grab your wine and cheese. I mean, the Big Ten still gives a crap about academic standing. Uh, Tiger Shark Diver is probably not wrong. Clemson has a lot of hot ladies on campus from an academic and athletic combo that the Big Ten likes to puff their chest out about, Duke, Carolina, Miami. And those are hey, you know two, who, of the, two of the three are private. You know who would uh, really like Clemson being in the Big Ten? Well, Trev. Be Trev Alberts. He's got his, uh, his lake house mm. there in Clemson. Hmm. There you go. So, okay, guys. So we, we have a, a pretty good addition of four. We got the U. We got Carolina. We got Kansas. And we got Clemson. At that point, you just have to round it out with hoops, right? Like, yeah, do you go Virginia, Duke, I, dude? I, yep, there you go. You take Virginia and Duke, and we're done, and we're done, and that's the new Big Ten. Maybe a VTech for football, maybe a VTech for football, but uh, I don't know. So then, imagine that basketball conference, <laughs> right? You got Duke, Carolina, Virginia, Kansas, like added to the mix. 
uh, game over. <laughs> game over. That I mean, you are the preeminent conference in hoops forever. But isn't that interesting though that there's really only three brands, Notre Dame aside. I do wonder, so the reason why Notre Dame doesn't want to get into a conference is all about the money that they can keep and the contracts that they can sign as a, you know, as an independent group here. But do the SEC and Big Ten contracts get so big and the disbursements get so large that it actually becomes in Notre Dame's best financial interest, like they would get more as a member than they would as an independent because it's going to be tough for them as an independent. I think if you have two giant power leagues, well, who are you going to what you have now? Who are you going to play if if these two giant power leagues tell you to take off? <laughs> We're not going to play yeah. you. There, well, there's no. no I think no, there's not a program in America that would turn down the you know, playing Notre Dame. But so, from a from a principle standpoint of yeah. either get on board with this or take a walk i mean from a leverage standpoint now notre dame the university generates so much money it's a drop in the bucket compared to what football pays notre dame's all about autonomy and and having their own power having their own say we're Mm -hmm. different we're special they want to keep that as long as possible yeah hmm i don't know but do do you think that's what's that's basically what's going to drive it right is hoops well, what you know, kind you of you only contract, got three properties kind of, for football. You only got three for football. Fellas, what kind of money is out there with this new streaming partnership, okay, that Fox yeah. and ESPN are getting in bed with? What type of dollars and cents is out there for programs like in Nebraska to keep pulling in? What do they add annually now in the Big Ten? $80 million, $85 million just for being in the league? Do you still get that that paycheck if you keep adding teams? I mean, how high can this yeah. new media rights deal go? Well, and then if you're inviting teams, just like we're seeing in the ACC, do some teams, they're so desperate to get out and join your league that they forego the money that they would get. And maybe they, yep. wait, they wait five to ten years before they get a full share. I mean, I think but, if, I'm a, if, I'm, if I'm already established in the Big Ten, hey, man, I don't want, I don't want other teams coming in that are going to take part of the pot because at some point we're going to run out of money. At some, at some point, this is going to collapse. But a half share from the Big Ten still is probably way the hell better than what you're getting currently. It's still, well, a, it's still yes. a raise. Yes, and I also think the identity of being in the Big Ten, where there's stability and there's power. Safe, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love hmm. this draft. That was kind of fun. I think that's what's going to happen. Right? How about like, relegation? How about relegation? Yeah. <laughs> who do you kick out? <laughs> Let's not talk about that right now because I think you know who'd be relegated. You know, like, nice job, Nebraska, but sorry, you got to go play Doan, you know, <laughs> for a minute. Like, it's that's what, exactly where Nebraska would be right now, performance wise. Oh, geez. Sharpie, we're going to ask you to get yeah. the crystal ball out uh, before we let you get on in, uh, in wood chipper land. And um, is, is Nebraska got to get to 22? Is it 21? Is it 20? They, they didn't play bad. At Illinois, they got their Wisconsin win, and the final score looked better than the game was against Northwestern, yet the new bracketology heading into the weekend says first four in. That's where they backslid to. On three says they're the first four out. Uh, Some say Dayton. uh, Nebraska's a mess, and and they're tired, right? Four games, you know, 12 days, and uh, they they just don't have – 
the focus and, and the want to to do those little things aside from what you saw at Illinois. I, I think that with seven to go, they got to include a road win here or there because that'll be held against them even with need the – two, don't you? Yeah, even with the Purdue and Wisconsin victories because you need something to overcome a bad non-conference strength of schedule and a poor road record as a power six team. So they got to hold serve at home. And remember, Penn State looks like they're playing better. Minnesota all of a sudden is kind of interesting. So Nebraska is going to be challenged, but I think they need to win five of their next seven, and two of those need to be on the road. Now, can you hold serve at home? If you do, then you're sitting pretty good. I mean, I, I think they're still in a good spot. I keep saying don't play yourself out of the tournament. Wednesday night did not help, but you only play two games in the next 10 days. They're both in a building that you play well and you play entirely different. So it's a must win today against Michigan. And then when you turn around in a week and play Penn state, but I think right now they're probably hovering around an 11 seed mm-hmm. and you don't want to go any lower than an 11, because I don't think the big 10 is strong enough to bump you and keep you securely in the tournament. Well, Gary with, with Nebraska playing two games, next 10 days off most of next week, I guess Saturday to Saturday. What are we going to talk about next week? <laughs> um, I will tell you that, okay, so let me go in both ways here. If Nebraska gets beat today against Michigan, you know what we'll talk about? Even though there is progress with Nebraska basketball, what do we Fred. do with Fred? Mm-hmm. That would be a storyline. Whether it be mm-hmm. right, or, right or wrong, you, if you play yourself out of the tournament when you were moving well, then that becomes a discussion point. Um, but then what we'll, we'll also talk about you know, I mean, we'll have to talk about football. Oh, we'll talk about baseball. Uh, baseball begins next week. That's and, right. And then fingers crossed that Nebraska athletics is not truly cursed that Jordy Ball's ankle uh, oh. miraculously recovers. Yeah, that was that is brutal. I, I think I think, I think we're all cursed. It's going to take not just blowing up the rock, the Bill Callahan rock. It's probably yeah. going to have to be sacrificing a member of the Callahan family that's not coaching. Oh, jeez. It's a live chicken. Yeah. We need a live yeah. chicken. And Joe Boo's rock. See, when, when Gary said The Rock, I thought he was referring to Dwayne Johnson, and I was like, what's that going to do? But I, I follow you now. This is taking a very murderous turn this morning. You got Woodchipper Gary calling for the sacrifice of one of Callahan's family members. This is fantastic. Hey, he's not here anymore, and I'm all for the success of Nebraska athletics. It'd be a shame if something happened to Bill Callahan and his uh, family. You know? Are you uh, any of you guys going uh, to uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena tomorrow? Uh, today, even Clark tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow's game is the highest ticket price on the secondary market ever for an event at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Case in point of why I'm not going. Uh, no, not going to go to watch that. And Caitlin Clark has a chance to set the uh, scoring record. against well, she, she has it. Yeah, she has a She has a really light it up. 30, to do that. 39 points is her career high at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Hmm. But no, I am not going. But there are a lot of people that don't want her to break the record at Pinnacle Bank Arena, and they're not just Nebraska fans. I think Iowa fans would be good with her getting 35 Iowa wins. They come home Tuesday, they play Michigan. She can do it at home. Heck, her coach even wants it. I wouldn't be surprised if it's late in the game, if Iowa has the game secured, and she's like five to six points away, they pull her out of the game. But what a great opportunity for Amy Williams' team, okay? That whole Fox broadcast, and it's Fox National at noon tomorrow, is yep. going to be all about 22, and it should. She should get her flowers because what she's done for that sport and, and the kind of player that she is and what she's done for that program. But, man, look at 
Nebraska women's basketball could be a really pain in the butt tomorrow to Iowa. I yeah. hope I hope they stifle her. I hope Amy and company get a much needed resume bumping win at home. And I hope old Cotney goes off in a great way with the call. And listen, dude, Caitlin Clark is an incredible talent. Wow. What a talent. But she is hard to take for a lot of people in the basketball world. And what I mean by that, you're talking coaches, you're talking teammates, you're talking players, folks that have grown up around her on the AAU circuit as a teammate and as a personality. I mean, she was F-bombing the uh, the officials the other night because she got yeah. a charge called against her. But, what, but, but every day that ends in Y, I'd take her on my team. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. She's one, she, uh, yeah. Absolutely. She's yeah. one of those players yeah. that you can't stand unless she's on your yeah. team or he's on your team. Totally get it. No, but so, I, I'd take her on my basketball team, would not cast her in my commercial. Those State Farm <laughs> ads, brutal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, here, here's one quick thing about those. Um, so it, lo- it looks awkward because they never filmed everybody together. They all did their separate parts. She filmed her part in Iowa City. So the first time she met Jenny Taff was when Jenny Taff came to Iowa City to cover an Iowa women's game. So they were not together when they filmed that. But you're right. They are a little cringeworthy. Also, when you walk into your local high V and she's telling you to buy Chinese food and I'm, I'm, I'm like, we're in Omaha, Nebraska. I know that we've got Iowa fans, but really? I mean, she's yeah. everywhere. Um, it's, it's weird. I, I will be there tomorrow because, guys, if you have not seen it, it is a show with her. And she's really good with the young fans and signing That's autographs. I have That's a really, cool. really good friend that him and his wife graduated from Nebraska, and they are diehard Husker fans. And their kids are as well, but their two daughters have number 22 Iowa jerseys that they're going to wear to the uh, game tomorrow. Yeah, she's Steph, man. She's Steph Curry, like yeah. straight up. Steph Curry of the uh, college college uh, basketball world for, for women. And, hey, real quick, Gary. Gary don't, oh, go ahead. Yeah, And, and you never know. You know, there is a great basketball player in Omaha right now in Britt Prince. Don't, I don't want to even start with comparisons, but the only comparison I'll make is when you have a player that is so good like Caitlin Clark, she elevates your program. I wonder if Nebraska over the next few years will get the bump from Britt Prince because Britt Prince is one of the better players that has come through the state of Nebraska and will be in Lincoln next year. Hey, speaking of that, by the way, one of the better players that have come through Nebraska switching over to why you're in Fargo. You got North Dakota State today, right? UNO basketball against um, against North Dakota State. And Frankie Fiddler is lighting it up, man. Frankie's and he awesome. lit up he lit up North Dakota State for 34 last time that they played and averaging 19 a game. He's 6'7", kid out of Bellevue West, real versatile player. For folks that haven't seen him, Gary, he seems like one of those guys, <laughs> and I know this is not – I'm not asking you to comment on this. He's one of those guys that I think would be hot on the transfer market. Like he's a guy that seems like he could take a bump if he wanted to do that. Um, but what are, what are people missing uh, if they haven't watched Fiddler play for uh, for the Mavs? He's a uh, bucket getter. There's nothing like when you watch him that jumps off the page. You go, man, physically he just stands out. He's just a bucket getter. He gets to the free throw line a ton. Um, which he just, he's a fun guy. He's, uh, you know, he's not, he probably, if you, you, you slipped him into the big 10 right now, I don't think he would be noticeable um, yeah. like as a starter, uh, but he's a bucket getter, man. He goes and gets points. The thing, and I get asked this and it's fair. 
because Frankie has another year left is yep. he's built different than a lot of kids that have been around that are looking for that next big thing. Yep. And he truly loves Omaha. Another thing Good. to keep in mind, uh, and he was courted last year, not by a, not by a local school. He was courted by a ACC school and mm. he, he, he said, no is mm. he would like to set the all time school record for scoring at Omaha. He's mm. now 12th. If you follow along what he's done, he wouldn't do it until about the fourth or fifth game next year. And that's a record that in Omaha sports lore, Dean the Dream Thompson, nobody thought you'd come close to at 1,800. Frankie begins today with a little over 1,300 points. Bonus part of the pod today, we'll have our Tom Rathman interview as uh, the Niners and Chiefs touch gloves tomorrow. Parting shot from Woodchipper Gary, the Iron Horse. Your Chiefs get back-to-back done. Are you feeling good for tomorrow? Uh, I am. I, I, I am. I, I, it's kind of taken me all week to get to the point where I feel secure, but I think Nebraska, uh, Nebraska Kansas City defensively uh, is built different, and I, I just think San Francisco hasn't played a complete game yet, and if Kansas City gets a lead, Mahomes doesn't put himself in a precarious position um, in the postseason, and Kansas City's been there. Been there, done that. I think they win a close game. I think it'll be a great Super Bowl tomorrow. Um, but I think Kansas City wins back-to-back Super Bowls, and everybody can hate on the Chiefs more. Yeah. It's all right, man. You've uh, taken the arrows. It's, it's You've just really, been a Chief you know fan what? since hey, Nick Joe, Lowry. Nick uh, the Kick was your guy. Joe Delaney was the guy that got me into being a Chiefs fan. I went to training camp at William Jewell College in Liberty, Missouri, and Joe Delaney, because he was this diminutive running back, rest in peace, uh, I fell in love with him. I got a 37 jersey. I got a picture with Joe Delaney when I was like seven, eight years old. That's how I became a Chiefs fan. Um, but it's weird to me. We, if, we, we, if we rewound the tape and we went back to the 90s and everybody hated Nebraska, it's just weird that we hate teams that win. I know. Because they win too much. Yeah. Well, and the Chiefs, I mean, they're, they're pulling off like Patriot stuff at this point, right? Like six straight times yeah. in, the, in the title game and – yeah, multiple Super Bowl appearances, and it's hard, it's so hard to. You know it's gonna sucks? be it's, it's gonna be tougher to get to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. You know what? Because sucks? of the the amount of young quarterbacks. If the pay, or if the if the Chiefs are the Patriots, the Denver Broncos are the New York Jets to the New England Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much I it. Elijah, that. thank you for it. thank you for Bronco hate. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and Gary will be oh, sending well. you a horse head uh, Monday morning. <laughs> Hey, we'll see Randy Gregory though, right? Like <laughs> eat, eat, eat beef be chimes for the I Niners. don't hate them for winning. I hate them for Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tay Tay. Hating. Sharpie, hating, enjoy. Hating. Stay bundled up and uh, appreciate you jumping on hey, with us this morning, man. Enjoy basketball today. PBA will be rocking at 530. Places sold out. Juwan Howard's goodbye tour of the Big Ten continues. <laughs> uh, but, man, Nebraska needs to win. I don't care how it looks. Uh, they need to win a basketball game today. For sure. Four quad one wins so far this year. It's, it's got to be worth something. Well, at some yeah. point, they got to start helping themselves. Yeah. And, today, and today is when it starts. Quad three yeah. losses. Yeah. Yeah. Sharpie, be good. Take care. We'll <laughs> check you next Saturday, brother.